Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Motherkind Moment, your place for ease, calm and maybe even a shift in perspective before the crazy week ahead. This week's moment is from way back when, episode 27, which was in June 2018, and in it, the world-renowned psychologist, Dr. Kristen Neff, shares the one tool that has transformed her parenting, and it can help transform yours too. What if I told you that there was one tool that is proven to make you stronger, reduce anxiety, help you make changes, and even make you happier? Well, the one tool is self-compassion. So self-compassion is treating yourself with the same kindness, care, and understanding that you would show to a friend. And isn't it just a truism that we so often treat ourselves radically differently to how we would treat those we care about? So as Dr. Kristen says, it isn't what we face in life that determines how we cope, but how we are with ourselves when we face difficult moments. And aren't there many of those every day in parenting difficult moments that we have to face? So as Kristen explains in this clip, we can either have an inner enemy or a critical voice, or we can have an inner ally. And having an inner ally, a kinder voice inside, actually makes us stronger. In this clip, Dr. Kristen also explains about mirror neurons. This is absolutely fascinating. I like to think about this as emotions being contagious. So if we're stressed out and anxious, our children will pick up on that and mirror it back to us. But the opposite is also true. So if they're anxious or tantruming and we can find some calm and ease within ourselves, hard as that is, but don't worry, the tools are in this clip of how to do it, then that will help them quicker than any words that we could say because of these mirror neurons, they're picking up on our state and our energy, and that is helping to calm them. This is absolutely incredible, and I wish that every single parent knew about this. The quickest way to help our children is to calm ourselves first. And the story that Dr. Kristen shares to show this is just incredible. So here is the moment. I hope you really enjoy it. And please do let me know, as ever, what you thought. Here it is. Before we get on to this week's episode, I just want to ask you something. Are you feeling the Christmas pressure? I know that I am and let me just be clear, I am no Scrooge. I love Christmas, but for us mothers, it can be an incredibly stressful time. I don't know about you, but I feel like my to-do list quadruples. I pile all this pressure on myself, throw in some family dynamics into the mix. And is it any wonder that we often get to the big day frazzled, running on pure adrenaline, painting on this smile and actually forgetting to really enjoy some of the magic that we've created so wonderfully for everyone else. Well, after the year we've all had, I want to help change that this year. I want to help you feel calmer, have less on your plate, show you how to use boundaries so you feel more empowered and in control, and basically have the best Christmas ever. I think we all deserve that. We started the year in lockdown homeschooling. Let's end it by actually allowing ourselves to enjoy this break. 
So as a little Christmas present from me to you, I am offering you four totally free workshops throughout November. They will be online and cover everything from how to manage tricky family dynamics to how to halve your to-do list and how to say no and set boundaries without coming across as a total bar humbug. I have to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, Whirly, the revolutionary toy swap service. It's because of their very generous support that I'm able to offer these to you totally free. So I really hope that you can come to one or all four of the workshops. Head to motherkind.co to book your space. So we know self-compassion actually enhances motivation. But again, just the source of the motivation is different. It moves from, if you don't succeed, I'm going to think you're a failure, hang my head in shame, to I want you to succeed because I care about you. And actually that positive mind state, more creative thinking, more flexible thinking, because you aren't in the grip of fear. So it's actually a very helpful thing. And since we know from the research that I'm comfortable saying that it's actually one of the most powerful sources of coping and resilience we have available to us. So, for instance, we've done a lot of work with veterans, American veterans coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, and we found soldiers' levels of self-compassion was more predictive of whether or not they developed post-traumatic stress syndrome than how much action they saw. In other words, it's not just what you face in life that determines how you cope. It's like, how do you relate to yourself when times are difficult? Are you an inner ally or an inner enemy? Right. What's going to make you stronger to have an ally by your side, the voice in your head saying, I got your back. I'm here. I care. You know, whatever happens, it's okay. I'm here to support you. Or that inner voice that says you're crap. You're no good. You can't do it. What a failure. I mean, clearly having this little enemy voice inside of our heads, which many of us do, does not make us strong. It just undermines us. And so when you learn to be an inner ally, this kind of good supportive friend, or you might think of it as like the ideal compassionate, supportive coach or parent, when you have that voice inside of your head, it's going to make you much stronger and more able to succeed. Mm. It's interesting you said parent, because I was thinking as you were talking, I was like, it's almost like parenting ourselves, isn't it? You know, if Jessie fell over, how I would respond to her, which would be with gentleness and kindness. And and if I did the same, I would probably be like, can't believe you've done that, you know. It's very much like parenting ourselves. In fact, it's kind of like reparenting ourselves because yeah. we may or may not have had those ideal parents. It's a really good analogy being a good parent because, yeah, so if your child falls down and is hurt, you might soothe and comfort them. But as a parent, you don't only soothe and comfort your child. Mommy, I don't want to go to school today. Can I eat those three tubs of chocolate ice cream? You don't say, oh, sure, little Johnny, right? That's indulgent. If we really love our kids, we don't indulge them because, yeah, she gives them short-term pleasure, but it's going to cause them long-term harm. And we don't, like, let them skip school. We motivate them. We want them to reach their ideal goals. It's exactly the same thing with ourselves. Sometimes we have to say no to ourselves. You, know, you need to exercise. You need to eat better. You need to work harder. You, whatever you need to do to be happy. If we really care about ourselves in the same way a parent would care for their child, you know, we aren't going to let ourselves off the hook. We aren't going to indulge ourselves. We aren't going to be weak or lazy. There's two ways you can parent a child. And sadly, the old way used to be spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, we really used to believe as parents that we had to use harsh, corporal punishment mm. to get our kids to stay in line. We use fear as a way to control our kids. And now we know, especially through all the research, that love, support, kindness, often with firm boundaries. This isn't like sloppy love. This is often tough love. 
but that will way to support and be there for your kids is much more effective. And it's the exact same thing with ourselves. Is there any research on self-compassionate parents and how their parenting changes and how that child's behavior changes? There is a little bit of research on parents, not as much. I think it's a really great area. We've actually developed this compassion training program, and we're kind of hard at work at making an adaptation for parents, but it's kind of early days yet, so we don't really have the technology quite yet. But certainly we know that it helps parents cope. It helps them cope with stress. We know that people, for instance, who maybe didn't have a good childhood history with their parents had insecure attachment, that they can actually reparent themselves to give themselves secure attachment. We know it's very helpful for parents, especially in terms of dealing with stress. But I think the next step of research, which is uh, will be really exciting, is to see, you know, how does it benefit my children? I know this not as a researcher, but it, as a parent, as you know, it's always if you read my book and saw my film, you know, my child's autistic. And I just don't know what I would have done if I didn't have my self-compassion practice when he got diagnosed. First of all, it helped me cope, right? It allowed me to fully accept all these feelings. I thought I shouldn't be having feelings of, you know, the space of feelings of disappointment and fear and Kind of like, is it something I did? Or, you know, was it that margarita I had when I was six and was pregnant? You know, all these thoughts go through your head. Mm. So it really allowed me to accept myself and to be there and comfort myself. But what it really allowed me to do, but the more I could accept and comfort and support myself, especially when things were difficult, is it allowed me to be there for Rowan. Right. Here's a, really the key reason why all parents and all mothers especially need to know It is not selfish to give yourself compassion when you're parenting your child. And that's because as human beings, our brains are actually designed to emotionally resonate with each other. This is actually a key feature of human being success. You know, those groups who could read each other's emotions, who are able to resonate with each other, we're much more able to cooperate, and we are much more likely to survive. And this happens at the pre-verbal level. We actually have something called mirror neurons that allow us to feel what other people are feeling. Mm. So, you know, if you see someone get their finger slammed in the door, the pain centers of your brain are going to light up, right? This is part of the way our brains are structured. And this is why sometimes, you know, maybe your spouse comes home and you're in a bad mood and you try to hide it and they can always tell because they can feel your mood. So what happens is, When we're with our children, you know, we may be very careful to try to be loving and caring toward them. And all children tantrum, I mean, autistic children really tantrum, but all children do. So when you are even trying to fake it and like trying to be the best parent you can, but inside you're like really frustrated or really angry, or maybe you're beating yourself up because you did something bad, your child is picking up on that. Your child is feeling it. And I saw this with Rowan. He was like a mirror for me, especially, you know, he took a long time to talk. So when our verbal communication wasn't very good, I'll tell you a story. I remember one time I was on a plane. We were on a transatlantic flight and something triggered him. He went into a full on screaming, flailing tantrum. And, you know, I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I had the brilliant idea of into the toilet and maybe it'll muffle his cry but of course it was occupied so you know here he is right outside the toilet screaming flailing he's a big five-year-old and I had nothing to fall back on except my self-compassion practice you know and I did this often with him I would put all my energy 
on myself. You know, this is so hard. You know, I feel so helpless and, you know, trying to be kind to myself, giving myself soothing, supportive words, maybe holding my own hand and just, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm here for you. I would speak to myself like, you know, literally as if I were speaking to a really good friend. And when I did that, he would inevitably calm down. It's like his mirror neurons were syncing with mine. So when I was agitated and overwhelmed, he would get more agitated because he's picking up on my mind state. But when I could calm and soothe myself and kind of fill myself with a sense of kindness and and care, he would need that and calm down. So it's a two-way street, right? So even though we're with our kids and they're screaming and, you know, it agitates us because our mirror neurons are being activated, if we can deal with that internally with self-compassion, we're actually indirectly helping our children. First of all, we can model it for them, like explicitly, but even implicitly, they're picking up on our more kind, peaceful state of mind. So this idea that, you know, as if it's even possible to treat people kindly and beat ourselves up and as if it won't affect them. It does. And again, the more we're kind to ourselves, the more other people benefit, not only because we've got more resources, but also just because they're interacting with someone who's more peaceful and full of kindness and love. You know, it's one of my things I'm most passionate Mm -hmm. about because I know so many parents don't give themselves permission to be kind to themselves, but it really is the best thing you can do for your child as well as yourself. So that was the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you did, as ever, can I ask you a favour? Please do share it. I think that all mothers need to hear the wisdom of the guests that we have on. Please do share it with your friends and family. And please consider leaving me a review as well over on iTunes. It does make a difference to the number of people that see the podcast. So please do leave a review, hopefully five stars, hopefully saying how much you love the content and how much it helps you. I am wishing you a very lovely Monday and an even better week ahead. See you next time. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Nicole. And if you enjoy this show, you will love our podcast, Self Care Club. Every week, we trial a different form of self care and report back on the results. We've tried everything from cuddle therapy, setting boundaries, laughter yoga, and many more. Two friends who rarely agree on anything, testing out the world of self care so you don't have to. We've even written a book dedicated to self care practices that cost you nothing. You can listen to Self Care Club wherever you get your podcasts. Or to purchase our book, search Have You Tried This on Amazon.